Tumbling Saber is proud to present the Luminous Beings Podcast. Deep dive conversations into the heart of Star Wars. Brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Patreon community. Become a powerful friend today and get access to tons of our exclusive and early access audio content at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Luminous Beings. I'm Kyle. I'm Nathan. Welcome back everybody, glad to be here with you. Thanks for listening. In this installment of Luminous Beings, we thought it would be, be a good time to take a look at marketing and hype in the post-Skywalker saga era. Well, I don't know if there's ever a good time to take a look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, whatever do you mean? <laughs> Oh, you know, just, it's a goddamn mess. <laughs> well, this should be spicy. I'm looking forward to this. I, well, it always, it, it has been, it is, and it always shall be, I think. A mess? Yes. Uh, that's, that's probably, uh, it's probably fair. It's yeah. probably fair. Depressing, but fair. Yeah. Um, well... I mean, jumping right in, like, when we move past Rise of Skywalker and, like, again, putting a bookend on uh, the Skywalker saga, we're getting to the point, we're at the point where where Lucasfilm Disney can no longer lean on classic iconography, Vader, Darth Maul, TIE Fighters, etc., etc. You can't lean on those anymore to prop up the Star Wars brand. It's, you know, it, of course, there are certain instances where they will do that for anniversary sets and whatnot. But by and large, you know, as, as of course, we'll get into High Republic stuff later, but as we step into a new era of Star Wars, they're going to have to find a new way to reach people, right? So, like, how is that going to be approached? Do they do it the same way? Do they need to start small and build up? Let's, let's get into all that. I'm looking forward to talking about this. Um... But first of all, Nathan, how's it, how is it? How's it going? Oh, it's it's going good uh, for the most part. You know, we've got some exciting prospects on the on the horizon for for what's coming from Star Wars, and those are pretty exciting. Very and exciting. I, I feel like thanks to um, Clone Wars, we're we're starting to get away from some of that. Uh, Rise of Skywalker discourse, and uh, well, there are some be, there are some diehards who are, who are hanging in there. They're hanging tough. Well, it'll it'll be right to pop <laughs> right back up in a, in a couple of weeks when the novelization and the home release come out. So, well, it, I mean, it, the, the novelization enjoying... thing's already happened. Yeah, yeah, which has been ugly. I mean, God. Yeah, luckily I've I've somehow managed to avoid it. Uh, mostly, um, I kind of run away whenever i see a hint of it <laughs> oh you're lucky but... then you're lucky <laughs> uh, i mean i i know the uh, i know what the situation is but i haven't engaged or indulged and you're the spoiler guy oh no i i've i've kept up with i've kept up with what's in the book oh okay <laughs> 
I thought I, you were I, I thought you were keeping no. it all secret for your own eyes no, once you got the book. No, no, no. I've avoided people's <laughs> opinions. I've avoided people's opinions of what's I got it. Book. <laughs> got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably a good move too. Yeah. All right. So I mean, looking at um, you know, looking at at what's what Star Wars does traditionally, uh, especially in this Disney era, it's I think it's fair to say they've done blanket coverage suffocating blanket coverage of their movies um you know on on tv social media uh bus shelters you name it like star wars when a movie is out they are there so i don't think we can you know with their massive budgets i don't think we can accuse them of not being in the places where people are yeah but i also i also feel like I'm I'm struggling to find the term. It, some of it feels mailed in, the marketing. But I, mm. you know, I I don't know what else they can do. But I mean, that's again, that's in the past. Uh, I think it's it's. I think it's better to look at going forward. You know, how do they handle? Uh, how do they handle the, the dissemination of information going forward? Uh, PR, yeah. dealing with rumors and and. Uh, reining in fandom discourse and then of course to the actual uh like outreach and marketing of of all the of the new star wars properties that are coming i want to try to touch on all that stuff uh if we can today um yeah so where do you want to start what's your what's your initial take on all this well i feel like they haven't had a coherent strategy um across all of their their movies and tv shows like it 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 really feels kind of um i don't know unorganized in that you know they they haven't marketed any of the movies the same way um despite uh you know fans who are are waiting for trailers or or posters or announcements they always look back to the previous um, iterations of those announcements for the past movies uh, to try to figure out. I mean, we've done this, you know, we've looked back at uh, the last Jedi marketing to try to figure out when to expect Rise of Skywalker marketing. Yeah, you're um, right. I hadn't thought of that because, you know, there there is like, oh, boy, there's going to be a Monday Night Football trailer. We can expect it here. Oh, there's going to be yeah. an international trailer that came out three weeks after. We can expect it in this window. And you're right; like that's it. Be, it became predictable. It was almost templated, like somebody just copy and pasted dates. Yeah, but at the same time, um, the marketing doesn't feel consistent. Like it is, there are those benchmarks that you can uh, apply, but. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. It, it seems, and maybe this has to do with different directors uh, and producers. Uh, I, I I don't know, but it, I just don't see a strategy. You know what I mean? When I look back at the, the marketing for each of the movies, and even the Mandalorian, I don't see strategy. Like I don't under. And I, I the think strategy seems the, very standard. Yeah, and it seems to me that the underlying problem, and 
I think this has proved to have failed is that they continually rely on Star Wars to sell itself. Mm-hmm. And we've we've learned, you know, between uh, Solo and even the Rise of Skywalkers, uh, less than ideal box office, that that just doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore, at least. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, start they. I think they did kind of rely on Star Wars to sell itself, and I think that's part of the thing that maybe sabotaged Solo, mm-hmm. because everything was was peachy until then, more or less. I mean, yeah. uh, TFA of course was a smash. Rogue One was also a smash, maybe even a bit of a surprise smash, to make a billion dollars off a off a spinoff, and then the Last Jedi came out and still made a, a boatload of money. Uh, there, yeah. but there was of course the the backlash to that movie. Uh, but by the time Solo came out, I wonder if, you know, because they, I, I think the story with, with that movie's release is that they weren't pushing it. It, yeah. was, it was Disney's call to not alter their schedule. It's sticking in May, come hell or high water, figure it out. And so they mm-hmm. did, but the result was uh, a movie that, I mean, the, again, I, I keep making a joke about this, but if you kick off your marketing campaign with Denny's, you're doomed. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. Trading yeah. cards, which are cool. Like, I wish I had those Denny's trading cards. But I, I think you're doomed. You've doomed yourself a little bit if, if that's where you kick things off for, you, for this movie. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it doesn't help when you do those things and people feel excluded. Like, I mean, we have one Denny's in the province. Uh, and it's just down the road from me, but of course we didn't get that promotion. Yeah. I don't think it I got don't any, think it, Yeah. There's not, I don't think there's any Denny's in Quebec where I am, but there is one about 40 minutes from me in Ontario. And right. I went, we went, um, it's on the way to my parents' house. <clears throat> we stopped in. You guys have the, the solo cards. What? <laughs> yeah. Got it. Never yeah. mind. And that's the thing. Uh, well, and, and we can talk about, um, you know, the exclusion of the international uh, market. Um, that's, uh, I, to me, that's a huge missed opportunity. I, and and I, of course, I'm speaking selfishly because I want more of it myself. But even from a, from a, a practical standpoint, I don't understand why... They think that these concepts won't translate to Canada <laughs> from the United States. Uh, you know, it, it's baffling. But, yeah, I mean, but yeah, we didn't get the um, Rise of Skywalker Happy Meal toys either. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of it is simply that. For I, I think for the Rise of Skywalker Happy Meal thing, that one I can almost rationalize because that's when McDonald's in Canada does their like monopoly thing. And that's a huge thing over the holiday season for them. Huge. So I don't think they were going to mix up a a star Wars promotion with their monopoly thing. But also I wonder if it's because uh, you, you have to provide all this stuff in both English and French, because we have two official languages. I wonder if they just go, forget it. It's not worth having to go through the effort of providing exclusive sort of, uh, materials for canada which represents eight percent ten percent of our of our market 
Yeah, I mean, surely Disney and McDonald's don't have the resources to accomplish that. <laughs> no, they surely do. It's. I wonder if they think feel like it's just not worth it. Oh, I don't know. Those lazy Americans. <laughs> hey, they got but, other things to worry about. Let's let let's let, let them figure out twenty twenty. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> hey, we're trying to make jokes here. Let them figure. Let them figure it out. But listen, <laughs> hey, let, Kyle, let's keep politics out of Star Wars. Okay. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna scratch that off the list for a future topic. No <laughs> politics. Okay. Good. That's cleared up. Now that, now that we got that, there's never been any politics in Star Wars. Got it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean, the Denny thing, that was, that was, hoy. I mean, it was bad. They, they had a reveal event for that. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> like, where they invited press to eat pancakes. They invited press. When there's a Star Wars movie coming out, they invited the press to eat Goddamn pancakes, Kyle. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of the thing, right? Like, we're, we're talking about what kind of new things could they do. That's not one of them. <laughs> I don't even think we had seen a teaser yet when the press were eating pancakes. Oh, my we God. Nothing, nothing about this movie apart from the leaks. Well, the, the and... first thing we saw was uh, the Super Bowl, right? In 2018. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that press thing was in like January or February. I'm pretty sure it was before the teasers came out. I think you're right. Because they because they were teasing that Denny stuff for months before. Because that Denny's event was in March, I think. And they were teasing that for like months beforehand. Like, you know what they could have done, though? Just to add a little bit of appeal to that whole campaign. And maybe they did, and I just... And again, that would speak to the, the the ineffectiveness of that campaign. There should have been signed cards or special chase cards in those packs. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Hey, it, look, look what we can accomplish when we put some thought into these things, Kyle. It's incredible. Yeah, like imagine if they had put it, you know, a handful, 10, 20, 50 uh, Alden Ehrenreich autographed cards or, um, you know, Unisuatomo cards autographed or yep. whatever. Like, yeah, everybody get everybody in the, in the cast to sign. Yeah, like that that would have been. Then you would have had people flocking to Denny's for sure. Oh. As it stands, I don't know how many people made a big deal out of it. Oh, nobody. And no, who cares about those cards now? You know, like I don't know. It, and that's that's the thing is successful marketing makes you invested in the movie. I mean, I mean, look, look at the Phantom Menace. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess it didn't it didn't work in the end. Well, I mean, it, it got people out to the movie, so it was successful. Um, but I wouldn't say in the long term. But I mean, people spent so much money on you know, Burger King and, you know, toys and apparel and and all of the this merchandise before the movie even came out so then they're invested in this movie so there's no way they're going to miss it there's no way they're not going to see this movie because they're invested in it mm -hmm. that's partly what marketing and advertising is supposed to do is is to kind of create the need in yeah, consumers well, to you, want to, to consume something 
That's that you have to su- supply your own demand. And boy, with Solo, they definitely didn't do that. But I, even then, it's with the other movies too. I think they could have been had much more successful marketing campaigns because, like I said, they rely. And I mean, this is this has been discussed ad nauseum, but they continued to rely on Star Wars selling itself. And when you have a movie coming out every year, your demand is going to be diminished naturally. So you you can't you can't just assume that demand is going to be there because especially when you're talking five months after the first uh, after the last one and people are going to be thinking I've had enough Star Wars I'm not hungry yet and you're going to make them hungry well that speaks to uh, Bob Iger when he said that we we probably put too much out too soon Mm -hmm. well I mean I, I think that's a fair a fair analysis but I I think it I still think it could could have been done but They've got to sort out their marketing, and they've got to be less arrogant in their strategies, if there's a strategy at all. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a market there. I mean, look at the Marvel movies. What is it about the Marvel movie? I mean, they're they're not great movies, all of them. They're a lot of fun, but a lot of them are the same movie over and over again. <laughs> And I enjoy them, and I go see most of them, but I I don't think it's the quality that's selling those movies. It's the investment in the characters and the story, and that's what they use to market. They don't – as much as – honestly, as much as Marvel probably could at this point, they don't just rely on it being Marvel to sell the movie. Well, part of and... I think part of what made, has made Marvel successful, and rightfully so, um, and of course they put in the work for this, but the the resulting discourse has done a lot of legwork for them in that there mm-hmm. there was an overarching twenty two movie plan, right? Yeah, and, and there that you go. that is selling itself. That is lending uh, weight and credibility to the franchise, and yep. I think this era of Star Wars. In retrospect, is sorely lacking that we you know we can argue all day. Was there a plan with this trilogy? Was there was, was there no plan? It 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 doesn't matter because the perception is I think broadly that there kind of wasn't, and I yeah. think I think that hurts. Yeah, I mean in retrospect, that's real clear. Um, and also, I think I think asking people to get that invested in a story. That's going to be over in five years is asking a lot because it really starts to feel disposable at that point. I mean, Marvel movies are very disposable. Um, you can go back and watch them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to any of these comments about the MCU to be, to be sweeping, but generally you're always jonesing for that next fix. Uh, you're looking ahead more than looking back. Um, 
Well, that, that's. But, I think that's the genius of the the post credit scene, which it, yeah, which in itself exactly. is a is the first piece of marketing for the next movie. Like yeah, you sure. leave the theater going, oh man, look what they just teased me with. Sure, but uh, Star Wars asks you to. Um, Star Wars asks you to buy the home release. You know, like <laughs> it's it, Star Wars doesn't want to be disposable. And I don't want Star Wars to be disposable either. I no. want it. I want it to be to be lasting and to be important. But I also think when you say, "Okay, we're going to tell this huge story in five years," I mean, in, in, when you've got the MCU, or when you're used to how previous Star Wars movies uh, have been released, five years is a very short time for an entire trilogy. Well, there was, I mean, from its, from from the original trilogy through the sequ- uh, f- through the uh, the prequel trilogy, Star Wars almost had a captive audience. There was nothing else like it except for yeah. Harry Potter with yeah. the prequels. Uh, there was really no competition, and even then, like Star Wars was Star Wars, and they were they were always put out. I think in staggered years, maybe two thousand five was an overlap year. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know for sure, but it felt like there was always uh, elbow room for both movies for both fa- yeah. franchises. Uh, but like, I, th- I think star Wars is guilty in this era, which is a huge shame considering the, the resources at the disposal of Disney is that again, go, it goes back to thinking that star Wars would sell itself and it would create its own elbow space out there. And that's, that's not the case anymore. So uh, no. they, and it, it, I all, I've always had this underlying sense that um, you know, for as much reverence as they issue to the ot in the spirit of george lucas i've always had this sense of dread and that's maybe my own cynicism that they just want to get this over with they want to wrap up this skywalker saga yeah and get on with it and i think when when i'm looking at the and i understand i'm in the same place (laughs) i'm glad it's done (laughs) oh I'm, i'm i'm yeah i'm i'm grateful for what we got no doubt like you know i with the ups and downs, I'll, I'll, I will always love these movies for various reasons. But it, it seemed clear to me, and it, people out there listening can, f- of course, disagree, and I'm sure people will, and they do. But I felt like they just they want to just get this out of the way and then pave the way for what's next and, and give yeah. that a, its fair crack. Because looking at Rise of Skywalker, uh, like merch, there's nothing out there, man. As a no, collector, it's... there's nothing. And it really, in, in terms of Black Series figures, there was there was a handful uh, vintage collection stuff. Again, even less. There was like a Zori Bliss a Sith Trooper or two. Um, I think a Poe Dameron, a Ray. There was like six or seven Rise of Skywalker figures. And then, of course, they had the Galaxy of Adventures line for kids, which is just mm-hmm. sitting there because kids apparently don't play with action figures anymore. But like there, there was no T-shirts on the racks. Like usually, you would see Praetorian Guard shirts for kids. Um, you you would have expected to see Knights of Ren shirts all over the place, and and all that kind of stuff. Lunch boxes. You're not seeing yeah. any of that, and it to me it just says that they didn't want to invest in this movie in that way, and just 
just get it get it over with. Maybe they didn't want to have Rise of Skywalker stuff on liquidation in 2022 <laughs> when when they'd yeah. be trying to ramp up for the next thing. So maybe they're just trying to do some like prior uh, like housekeeping in in um in advance. I don't know that as far as merchandise goes, I don't think they're that forward thinking. I think it's all immediate and I think I don't know I don't know what chuckleheads they've got doing that stuff but it oh. well whatever chuckleheads like, they've got doing it they're at Hasbro they'll be doing it for a while and and yes for sure toys is a, is is a different story because it's well merchandise in general because there are so many different licensees but just focusing in on the Disney Hasbro thing yeah oof. oof man it's it's been it's been rough it's been really it, it's it's like how how does ha- is Hasbro so terrible at this? And then you look at Lego and they're so successful. In terms of creative output, I mean. I mean, there's a Lego Vader's castle. I mean, that's awesome. Uh and then oh, Hasbro. <laughs> I mean, and, and the Hasbro I've, products, I've, I think, have been really good. It's just, you know, good luck finding them. That's the thing. Their their quality is fine, but distribution. But also, I think, man, their creative department needs some work. Because uh, all these movies, they always go in hard on the wrong characters. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and I've I've really taken a, a step back. I haven't bought a Black Series figure in. I don't think I bought one at all last year. But so I'm I'm a little out of the game compared to to you and Corey. But oh, even myself, my I've my Black Series purchases have been in the gutter. Mm-hmm. I picked up um a, a Sith Trooper and. Uh, array in the white box that's it right that's that is the extent of my black series purchases for rise of skywalker yeah i mean this 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 is the thing is you can't expect people to both work and pay for your tool your product <laughs> like the amount of effort i have to put in to buy a black series figure i should get a discount on it because it's just not worth it to me. I've got other things to focus on. And my focus has always been more on the stories than the, than the toys. But I just, I just can't be bothered to pay, you know, $40, $30, $40 for, uh, I don't, I don't care how awesome that Amazon Palpatine looks. <laughs> I, I'm not spending that kind of money to on a, on a toy that I'll order and then it'll end up being on back order for three months and then it'll tell me it's the order's canceled. Yeah, that's like, that, that's been the frustrating thing. Distribution is just garbage right now, absolute garbage. And, and case in point, um, just today, uh, I was I was going through one of the Facebook collecting groups and somebody in Ontario had posted a picture from a discount chain called Treasure Hunt. And on the pegs, I'm not even joking. It's, 
I, I gotta pull up this picture quickly, but it looks to be like 25, 50, maybe 60 carbonized Sith jet, uh, 60 carbonized uh, first order jet troopers in like that pearlized white box. <laughs> it's it's in one like section of peg at this store, 60 about 60 figures stacked deep with a big sign above it saying 50% off. <laughs> it's like I I I was so furious and I, irrationally so. These are toys, get over it, Kyle. I know. But as a collector, this has been infuriating. I didn't yeah. see a single one of these and now 60 of them turn up in one discount store in Ontario at like yeah. $10 a figure. Like what the hell is this? Who they're, they're throwing away money. It's it's ridiculous. Not only that, they're killing interest. Yeah. I can't yeah. tell you the amount of people that are like this is getting too difficult. Yeah. It's it's becoming too much of a drag. It's becoming too difficult to collect. You know, I I've sterilized my my collecting by by doing pre-orders. Which is just, it's no fun. Yeah. Anyway, I don't well, want to get too deep, deep into collecting. But like one, one vein of collecting I, I think is, bears mentioning. Um, so, you know, if you think back to the old vintage Star Wars action figures, like the heart and soul of uh, what propped up the, the trilogy back way back 40 years ago. Like the artwork on the box, like it's still classic today. I still love that look. I think everybody does. Uh-huh. But you know, each package had like, a picture of the character that was, yeah. it, it, you know, uh, Greedo had a Greedo picture, et cetera, et cetera. Because you had to, because there was there was nothing really to rely on as to say, like, here's the overarching thing about Star Wars. It was so still so relatively new yeah. that you couldn't lean on anything, anything. But then you get to the Power of the Force 2 line in the mid-90s. You had Vader on the box. Everything either had Vader, Darth Maul. You know, the Revenge of the Sith line was, again, leaning on Vader. Countless lines have relied on Vader and just a, a cool uh, villain, whether it's Maul or, again, Vader. The next era of Star Wars won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So th I think that's another avenue that they, they are really going to have to think about. How are they going to do this going forward? Um, whatever characters come next in 2022 on the screen if that's the thing that's still going to happen what will that look like are they going to try and lay groundwork with this high republic stuff so that when the things do hit the pegs it has that overarching look and say oh look it's new star wars because it has uh i don't like is a generic jedi enough or uh, to me that's important like it it on a strategic level, that is something they need to figure out how they're going to present Star Wars to yeah, kids. Why do to you, what is your what is your iconography for something nobody's ever seen before? Yeah, they can they can you know? slap a lightsaber on there. We'll all kind of recognize it, but is it yeah. going to resonate? Well, and Star Wars really relies on that iconography, like you said. So, so when you're when you're attempting something new, you know, I mean, a blaster looks like a gun. I mean, how many different versions of laser swords have we seen throughout different different IP? I mean, it's and, and, yeah. And, and, I mean, that's something I hadn't considered, but you're right. It's it's a huge part of of Star Wars marketing, and when you take that away, what's left? Right. So, like again, it goes back to the, the thinking that Star Wars sells itself, and to to a degree, it kind of does. But 
it won't forever. And it's already, I think, showing cracks in that armor. So just throwing a lightsaber, like a generic Jedi with a lightsaber on the cover, does that do it? Or, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I know this, this particular talking point sounds ultra specific, but I think it speaks more broadly to the overall strategy is how are they going to present new star Wars to, to fans? Yeah. Because really there's really, they're starting over. And I think, you know, the way that they've treated the rise of Skywalker and just sort of like, okay, let's go, let's get this done. Let's get the DVD out. Let's get this out of here. Let's focus on the new. Here we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're starting over. And I kind of want them to put to have to put in the hard work of, drilling down figuring out what makes star wars tick and then leaning on on, on those things and not just saying well, it's it's star wars so you know it, it, well, it's all good here's here's the bright side of that is i mean as far as them relying on star wars selling itself and going back to what you were saying about um needing to bring new people in i mean definitely there have been plenty of new fans brought in um, because of the sequels and the new movies, but uh, Star Wars. This is the thing: is if you have no idea, if you've never seen Star Wars, then relying on Star Wars to sell itself is is pointless. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I've never seen Star Wars, and you're expecting a shot of a Vader helmet in a trailer to get me excited. (laughs) You know, now if I'm in a, in a theater for the first time, I've never seen star Wars. I'm in a theater and all of a sudden that, that burnt up Vader helmet shows up on screen and everybody around me is like, Ooh, then I'm going to be like, Oh, when was that? (laughs) And that might start to drive interest, but in, in a vacuum, Someone who has no experience with Star Wars is not going to be sold Star Wars by Star Wars. I, I, I mean, any, I, I would argue that most of the new fans that have come in since the Disney movies have not been brought in by the marketing. They've been brought in by other fans, people who are fans who, you know, said, hey, you should watch this movie or, you know, fans fans have sold star wars more than lucasfilm has sold star wars i think over the past to to as far as new fans go i think you can make that argument for sure um so the exciting thing about and and, i mean we're working off of assumptions and rumors and and all that but we're assuming that the next set of movies is going to be uh, fairly far removed from the familiar era that the rest of the movies have been in. But even at that, I bet you they lean plenty into the into these new movies, or uh, sure into the established movies. I bet you they lean plenty into it. Sure, uh, uh, of course. I mean, look at at Project uh, the High Republic, Project Luminous. I mean, they relied on an old, you know, like one of Obi Wan's first lines. <laughs> In a new hope, like one of the earliest lines in Star Wars, yep. they relied on that to market a totally new era in publishing. Um, so you're right; they they absolutely will do that. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that quote over the the first or one of the trailers for the new movie, regardless of where it's set. Uh, provided there are, are Jedi involved, which I think, of course, there will be. Um, but the excited that's that's the exciting thing about it is um, this new if these new movies are set in a different era, in a way, they're going to be forced to I mean, I mean, to varying degrees, they're going to be forced to market to everybody. Um, sort of evenly, they're going to have to convince longtime Star Wars fans, new fans, non-fans. They're going to have to convince all of these people to get on board with this new series. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, who knows how successful they'll be. Uh, I have a feeling it will depend on how much they lean on Star Wars selling itself. Yeah, and... It- well, what one thing that gives me hope is is you know like you just said having to mark market to everybody. The High Republic announcement from a few weeks ago, they I think they did a good job of displaying what's coming and things that are aimed at different age groups and different demographics. Yeah. I think that's yeah. positive. Well, I think that's a good they, sign. They already said that there's a story for everybody, you know, somewhere. And that's that um, to me gives me hope. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good start. And uh, I wonder how much that has to do. I mean, unfortunately, I think that might have to do more with the authors um, who engage with the fans more than it it does with the uh, uh, the managerial side. Um, I. Uh, well, you know, that's that is a good question. It kind of it it sort of segues nicely into the next idea that that will I think what I want to get to is is like Lucasfilm is obsessed with the idea of the well, I'll take it from JJ, the the mystery box, preserving secrets, holding things back. And you know, while I appreciate that, like I love to have those surprises on screen, those like nowadays, those surprises rarely make it to the screen unspoiled. Yeah. So, do they plow? I mean, sometimes we get in our own heads yeah. thinking that you know, uh, the hardcore Star Wars fans, the people that will listen to this podcast and any Star Wars podcast, represent the majority, which I don't think is the case. So, in in the case of, um, Ray being a Palpatine. How many people were surprised by that? I would say people listening to podcasts probably not that surprised. They'd probably been spoiled already. But the casual I was surprised when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story. But the, like the casual fan who just ah oh, let's go see Star Wars in the theater. When they heard that, they were probably like, "Oh man!" So I don't. It's it's hard to contextualize it in that way because I think generally speaking, things are done for the broadest possible audience like i don't think they try to narrow in and say let's 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 focus on pleasing the this 10 percent, and then we'll focus on pleasing the the other 80 or 90 percent, whatever it is yeah so i mean so do they plow ahead with the current approach of being completely tight-lipped or 
Or do they try to keep control of any narratives that are out there by giving us a little more info than they might be used to? I mean, well, for one thing, I think the more that you give people, the less people will go looking for it. So, I mean, I definitely think that they should be doing more um, behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, I mean, they should be doing more behind the scenes stuff, uh, just just outright. Uh, but I think doing some more behind the scenes stuff during production. Remember when would... they did that for the prequels? Yeah, that I mean, they brilliant. had webcams set up, and you might see Hayden Christensen walk by. That like... was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> was was that web? That was for Attack of the Clones, right? Or was it Revenge uh... of the Sith? I think it was both. Maybe it was both. Yeah, you could just pop onto StarWars.com. And... Yeah, because was, this was in the days of hyperspace when you subscribed. You, it was a paid subscription, and yep. you could – you got all this behind – I mean, nobody needs to go looking for leaks when you can sit down and watch the movie get made. You know? It's... Yeah, I mean, they were, of course they were selective about when and where what they showed. Like, you, I don't know that you ever got – anything too huge in those things but oh it was... sure i mean usually it was pointed away from the action and you had to hope that someone you know it was like pointed at the craft services table and you had to hope someone went for a snack or something in costume yeah but you you know you would see a sliver of a set or you would see somebody in costume yeah. kind of walk by and that was enough yeah i mean it, it just you know sparks the imagination and, and gets you excited and it, and that's the thing that sort of thing maintains your excitement you know, there's no like getting distracted and becoming interested in something else. And then all of a sudden the marketing picks up and you're like, oh, yeah, that thing. No, it's it's a steady level of excitement for, you know, two years as the movie gets made. And then the marketing starts and you're there. You're still there ready for it. I, I mean, I think that's I mean, I had such high hopes for Rise of Skywalker when uh, Abrams <laughs> posted that uh, product, that first day of production photo on his Twitter, I was like, oh, "Is this how you're going to do it now?" You know, <laughs> and then never <laughs> this again. Is the way to do it, <laughs> never again until the very last day of production. It's like, well, what a goddamn waste! Yeah, what a tease that was. Uh, I mean, but that that is the way to do it. But I, I mean. Remember how exciting it was to see Ryan Johnson's photos from the set? Absolutely. And again, that was I mean, that's a that's a page from the I think again, prequels. I can't remember exactly which one, but they had a daily photo during production time. Yeah. Now, on top of the webcam, they they would post I forget what they called the the image, but it was like a, it was like a series and every day they would post a little image from behind the scenes of the making of and it was sometimes it was literally a behind the scenes shot. But sometimes yeah. it was of a character, usually an extra, like, you know, uh, somebody from Mos Espa in costume on the set. But yeah. it was always enough just to, like, again, all, all by eyedropper. But you would get that little taste of official Star Wars goodness. Yeah. And that is non-existent now. Well, you remember, you remember in, was it 2014, 2015? I think it was 2015. Anyway, that that costume. Uh, Luke Skywalker in costume from the Force Awakens leaked. 
Mm-hmm. And apparently, Abrams was pissed about it because, of course, mystery box. He likes his surprises. But you can't imagine if if that was Lucas, <laughs> like I don't know if Palpatine from the end of Revenge of the Sith leaked early. I can't imagine his blood pressure raising. <laughs> A bit, you know, it's like, well, they were going to see it eventually. <laughs> like, you can really tell the difference in priorities. Uh, and and I don't know. I, I think it. I think it only helped the prequels. I agree. Uh, I think that yeah. because again, anticipation for those movies was already high. Um, but that just, you know. Puts it over the top. I I I I don't understand why they think that it's that secrets in these these movies is are are so valuable. It's it's just, uh, and of course to a degree, you want surprises, but uh, the way things look to me aren't nearly as important to uh what happens in the story if i want to be surprised okay and i i don't really want to be surprised i want to know what's in the movie going in but i think most people uh really care about people who care about being spoiled they really care about what happens in the story i don't think they really care about I mean, we're in the high spoiler culture now, so everybody is touchy about every little detail that gets out. But really, I think people aren't really worried about being spoiled about how something looks. Mm-hmm. So the reason I, I don't know why you can't do a photo of the day on these movies. And, and you know what's, what's fascinating about that? It's so easy. It's so easy to do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, think about like the, uh, I mean, this is the, fir- I don't know why this is the first thing that came to mind, but imagine like if we had gotten a photo of Leia's hand with the, the tracker beacon on it. Now we would have had no idea what that was. <laughs> we would have, wouldn't have known for sure whose hand it was. I think that's Leia's hand. Yeah, why does that? Why does that bracelet thing? Is that a watch? <laughs> oh, it's, you know? it's some sort of. We would have made up all kinds of crazy things of what it would probably yeah, be. But it would have been exciting to get that photo, and then that sustains us for a couple weeks. That one photo, and then the movie comes out, and it's a tracker, and we're like, "Oh, it's a tracker, of course." <laughs> but it's but so this simple. Is, but it it. You're right. Like one little photo, it's the easiest thing in the world to do, and it it benefits you so much. But they're so concerned with every little detail being so so secret, and I, it's depressing. It it's kind of pathetic that they think that every little thing is that important in their movie. <laughs> yeah, I think they could they could do with some loosening up a little bit. I, I get for sure that the idea of protecting the big shock and reveal from whatever movie is not something they're going to go near. I get that. I respect that. Yeah. 
But again, there are, there are ways to interact with fans and and just instead of just being so quiet and making fans get like people get frustrated almost. And then part of it is is fans having to just we live in a culture where it's like the things I want I can get right now thanks to Netflix and yeah. Spotify and on demand blah blah blah. I, if I want it I can get it now. So give yeah. me Star Wars now. And Star Wars doesn't operate that way anymore. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe it it can operate that way on small levels. Yeah. You know, just to, just to keep fans talking and and to help control the narrative a little bit. Cuz like one thing I think for sure that we can do less of is is like reports from you know uh Variety and Deadline and the Hollywood Reporter. Like those those reports that you know they they break news and then that news sort of lingers and twists in the wind with no confirmation or denial and then the yeah. the clickbait sites create their garbage uh that filters down through fandom and and then into the gutters of YouTube where you know tons of of people feed on that negative spin and then it goes viral and that it begins to shape perception of what's going on yeah and that that again that's that's incredibly damaging and i, I think lucasfilm does itself a disservice by uh, allowing this kind of stuff uh, to take on a life of its own. And I, I, you know, look at the narratives that like Lucasfilm is rudderless. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy and Disney are ruining everything. Like, I, I think they could mm-hmm. do a much better job at managing those kinds of situations um, when they happen. Instead, they just kind of let it go and assume that, you know, if if we just stay quiet about it, it'll blow over. We're, we're professional, you know, that kind of button up approach to it. I don't know that that helps anymore. We, with, yeah. with the days of monetized fanboy rage, that is just so prevalent. Mm-hmm. There's got to be, I think, a strategy in place to uh, diffuse that without being combative or disrespectful or insulting to anybody. There's got to be ways to address rumors and uh, reports in a more expedient manner than the way they do. And sometimes they just don't touch it at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, staying quiet, you, you, I think you allow yourself to have your pants pulled down in public. And that, that's no good for anybody. No, and that that's the tricky thing because, I mean, it's one of those things where you don't want uh, a pattern to develop uh, in that. If Lucasfilm comes out and denies all the untrue things, then the things they don't deny, we already automatically know are correct. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, so, that, I mean, that, that's the approach we would take. You went out of your way to deny this or that or confirm this and that. Therefore, exactly. the others must be right. Yeah. Exactly. So then it's someone's full time job to scroll through Twitter and deny or confirm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at a certain point, you just have you ha- you have no control. I mean, and that's that's the way social media works: is that things take on a life of their own. People are irresponsible, and shit happens. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And there there are times, probably more often than not, where you just got to do what you got to do. Like you said, things were going to take on a life of its own. But I think no. I think what they've learned is that Star Wars is an industry unto itself. And they, of course, everybody knows that already, but uh, I think 
I think they were ill prepared to see um what happens online in this era where almost literally any decision or non-decision became a firestorm. Well, and, and every everybody's in that situation. I mean, this era, I mean, Twitter's what 11, 12 years old and hasn't been as popular, you know, and probably hit its height of popularity in what, 2012, 2013. I mean, everybody is new to this. I mean, and, and I mean, I would say that the outrage, uh, the outrage culture uh, has really only been around for the last six years. I would say it probably started 2014, 2015. The day they nuked Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you had Gamergate, and then the next big thing was probably Bring Back Legends in terms of pop culture. It was probably Gamergate, Bring Back Legends, and then Comicsgate, and then Star Wars Gate, which was sort of a leapfrog of Bring Back Legends. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and though those are the most extreme examples, of course, and that now you have Raylo culture, which is, um, you know, again, you hate to uh, use a broad brush, but uh, is proving to be very problematic. And, you know, there are, and, uh, you know, y'all, it, it's ridiculous that I have to preface with this, but I don't mean the good Raylos. I have, you know, there are Raylos that I like fine. I have friends who are Raylos, yada, yada, yada. No, it's, but it, there it, is, it's again, it's there the is, people that make it their personality to trash something. You yeah. don't, you didn't like it. I get it. Move on. <laughs> yeah. And th this is the other thing is, you never, you can never predict where this outrage is going to come from. You know, like nobody well, there's, there's expected just so many places it could that, come from. Yeah, every. I mean, this is the thing. Look at the example of the the situation with the the novelization over the past couple weeks. Right, you've got you had the novel released early at a convention. People read it, started leaking pages online, which is like. Guys, it's like a page of a novel. You can't complain about being spoiled because you read an entire page out of a novel. So, like, chill out. Like, let up on the people who, who posted those pictures. It's calm down. But then well, I, think, I think at the very least, those people could have tagged those images so they could, sure. so you can filter that stuff out. Sure. But, like, Guys, we know the story. <laughs> Calm down. But of course, this has come from me, who loves leaks, uh, and I'm glad that those photos got posted. <laughs> but that's that's just me. But then you had people getting outraged at some of the things in the novel because it didn't match their interpretation of the movie. And then you had the, some of those people, uh, and of course, uh, very few, but you had some of those people attacking the author. And then you had people who responded to that 
by blaming the publisher <laughs> for putting the book out early. As if this outrage wouldn't have happened a month later once the book was officially released anyway. Like, <laughs> well, so you can never tell where this outrage is going to come from. And, and you can never tell what specific subject is going to spark the outrage. And just sure. looking at Star Wars in the last five years, uh, a black stormtrooper created rage. Uh, a really powerful yeah. force using girl created outrage. Uh, a purple hair lady created outrage. Um, oh. A man who wears a lobster sweater nearly ruined everything, apparently. Um, well, like, who would have watched The Last Jedi, saw that opening scene, and said, people are going to be pissed off about those bombs? Like, <laughs> like you can never predict it. Right, yeah, bombs in space. Uh, milking a, a space cow. Um, right. There's, there's just like almost everything seems to spark a little bit of outrage right now. Yeah. And it's, I don't, that admittedly, I don't know how you combat that other than to not have star Wars. <laughs> but then, but then of course, Disney killed star Wars. Yeah. They, they bought it. They put out crap. They killed it. Then blamed us. That's what people would say. And that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I, it, I don't. It's, it's you know part of that tracks back to uh, attacking a, an author like Ray Carson. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. What you're doing, and it's something that I mentioned on the podcast more than once, but that by attacking the Ryan Johnsons directly and, and being confrontational and, and being a jerk, Ray Carson, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to other creators are watching this and they're going to go. Yeah. Thanks. But no, thanks, Lucasfilm. I'd rather not. Well, we've already seen evidence of that. I mm -hmm. mean, we've had confirmation mm -hmm. that that happens from a Del Rey editor. And I mean, that's that's just tragic. And you have to wonder, um, you know, people have talked about why more of the um, Legends authors haven't come back. And you've got to wonder. Is that part of the reason? You know? Um, yeah. It, 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 you know, it, you'd think that, okay, we, we wiped this slate clean, but we can have, like, we know you guys love those books, but so we can have those same authors tell new stories. Or, I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe you do need a fresh, a fresh author at that point to tell it that new story. Because I guess maybe some people just empty themselves emotionally when they write a story and... To get them to do another one, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not quite that simple. But you, in theory, you could have had uh, Karen. Karen, uh, who did the Republic Commando series? I forget. Uh, but whatever. Karen Travis. Karen Travis. I mean, yeah. So she could have come back to do more stories. Uh, James Lucino has come back, but there's been a, yeah. there's a lot of authors out there that have not contributed yet to the new canon, and I wonder if it's. I don't know what's driven that, but anyway, um, I, I think the last thing I want to say in terms of sort of like the PR angle of all this whole thing is like, announcing things way prematurely. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're still waiting on any sort of official info about Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which again, this is, it was announced in November, 2017 before 
The Last Jedi came out. And at this point, given all that's happened, I, I don't think anyone can convince me that when they made that announcement, that they intended to wait years before telling us anything else. Yeah. So some like obviously things have been a real mess in well, fandom. I mean, we're we're two two and a half years since that announcement. But yeah, and, and again, there's no way you can convince me. Nobody can convince me, not even Kathleen herself, if she said, "Yeah, no, we we intended to announce it in November 2017 and then just yeah, yeah wait two and a half years before we tell you anything else." No way, no way in hell. Something has happened internally. Now, I'm not saying that Ryan's been subtly fired. Oh no, I don't think it's oh, anything specific t- to Twitter oh. here. Tw- Saturday morning update. Twitter. Uh oh, uh oh. Looks like Ryan Johnson has has stepped away from his Star Wars project. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. There you uh, have Corey, it. Corey, Corey's gonna be crushed. Aren't we all? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. See, there's the problem is. I thought you actually there was actually something breaking because you never <laughs> freaking know anymore. <laughs> you just never know. That's part of the problem too is you never know when an announcement is going to come. Like it could be, you know, noon on a Saturday morning. <laughs> you know, who knows? It comes at some but, real weird times. But yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think any of the delays have been creator specific. Well, I mean, except for the ones that we know are creator specific. But I don't think it has anything to do with Ron Johnson. I think it's just they're not having any idea what they're going to do. Um, and we seem to have, uh, we seem to still be in that situation because by all accounts, they thought that they had. Uh, a director locked down as far as not locked down, but they thought that it was a fairly sure thing. And that was where the plans for the January movie announcement came from. And then those plans ended up not being as sure as they were. So now we are still waiting for that announcement. Um, according to Jason Ward, um, that announcement should be coming fairly soon, but of course that's soon is a vague term. Mm-hmm. But and you know the, the longer we wait, the longer it just it's more tempting to just leave it for celebration. Well, and yeah, but at this point, is there going to be a celebration? That's that's my latest worry with uh, you know conventions being postponed or canceled uh, because of COVID nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, I think I guess at this point it's far enough out that they don't have to worry about that just yet, but that I conversation is, is so. happening. <laughs> My plane tickets are bought, so I certainly hope so. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that would suck. That would really, really suck. And con- you're right, conventions of all kinds are being canceled left, right, and center. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pot. Like, the Olympics might be canceled. Yeah. Man. Well, that's the thing. Celebration seems like it's a ways off, but it's only five months away. Mm-hmm. So, oh, take the flu and shut up, everybody. <laughs> God. Oh, here's the thing. I will be going to California. <laughs> One way Whether or the it's other. a celebration or not, I have tickets, plane tickets bought. I have a hotel booked. I will be going to California. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just, the, the, in just in get, an alternate I'll universe, just... there's a picture of you standing next to the convention center with a sad <laughs> face because you should be at a celebration. 
<laughs> yeah, but the reality is I'll be drunk alone at Disneyland. Oh, God, that'd be so sad. But you know, you're right though. Like when talking about the 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 upcoming movies or whatever whatever plan there is for the movies, I am a little bit concerned because you're right. Like they, it seemed like they wanted to make an announcement, and they haven't, which is good yeah. because I'm glad they didn't announce something prematurely. But it's again a separate topic. But I I am starting to get a little bit worried that they don't know what the hell they're doing on screen. They are they they are really lost as to what's next and where does the franchise well, go. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're still slated for a movie in uh, winter 2022. So, I mean, that's only two and a half years to get everything up and running. And and of course they may be much further ahead than we think but i can't see them um uh, moving very far ahead with a concept with a story of course there could be a, a a screenplay written um but how far in are they going to go without a director <laughs> you know i mean you don't want to scare a director away by having a project half finished. Well, and, and but you the, also the don't scary want to thing wait is that too long. You don't want also one screenplay. Like you don't want the same problems right. that plague the sequel trilogy to plague the next trilogy. You want to have the the bible for that next franchise or for that next series, trilogy, five movies, whatever it is. You want that mapped out. In I think in in, in this time you want it mapped out in pretty pretty good detail. So yeah. what do you do? Like, if you've got a screenplay for the first movie, you're going to get like a caretaker director to come in and, and bring that movie to life. But then what? Does that person continue caretaking scripts that are maybe already made? Or does that person then yeah. run with it? Yeah. I think they're getting into very dangerous waters. And again, hopefully they're they're further along than we all expect or anticipate or think or whatever. But man, they've can you imagine the mess if they bump that twenty twenty two movie? Well, and then there's the possibility that what we're looking at is um, Kenobi going back to being a movie, and maybe that's the twenty twenty two movie. And I I think a lot of people would be okay with that, but it, it that to me would scream that we don't know what we're doing. I I think they've proven that already with Kenobi <laughs> and and Cassian. <laughs> Fair and I mean, I, again, I still think that both will turn out to be just fine. But can yeah, you sure. imagine? Can you imagine the the accusations of being rudderless if they come out of celebration and go? You know what? We've decided to go back to the movie concept with Kenobi. Yeah, it, I mean, it's there's no way that there's a good look. Um, but also if they leave it for much longer, that's going to be how it looks anyway. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, they need to start giving release dates for these other shows. Um, it just needs to happen. What, I don't know when we're getting the, the animated show announcements. I thought for sure we'd have those by now and maybe they're waiting for Clone Wars to end in May, but, I mean, that's 
That, yeah, that I thought initially I thought a mistake. when Resistance wrapped up, they might follow that up a week later with, and here's what's next. Yeah. But I guess what's next was Clone Wars, and they didn't want to distract from that. So I think the next natural point to announce the next animation thing is once Clone Wars wraps. Like a week or yeah. two after that, which would take us, I think, into late May, early early June. Yeah, something like that. But that seems real late for a fall release. I mean, look how much how much buildup we had for Clone Wars over a year. Unless you, unless Mandalorian, you come out with, like, with Mandalorian. On on top of an announcement, you come out with a trailer and everything. Like you make a big deal. I mean, is there a, is there a June con that they can make a big deal at? I think I think. I mean. San Diego is, is San Diego is in July, uh, but I can't see him waiting that long. Yeah, I know that's that's, July, that's tight. July to like September. Yeah, that's that's tight. I mean, depending on when that show would be slated to drop, you know. I mean, that's that's the other thing is, are they going to have the animated se- an animated series running concurrently with Mandalorian? That's the other weird thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that Marvel seems appears to be doing it is that they're going to have shows lined up right at one, right after the other. So you're going to have Cap and Winter Soldier, uh, or Falcon Winter Soldier, sorry. You're going to have um, WandaVision, and then right away is Loki, and then right after that is whatever's next. You'd think they'd be doing the attempting the same thing with Star Wars. So you'd think that once Clone Wars wrapped up, they'd have something ready to go right away now you would think that since they're just getting started maybe that won't be the case but i don't know know if i see them having two star wars shows running simultaneously yeah that would be uh, we won't complain but it's it's tough to see it's tough to see uh anyway uh i think in wrapping it up here uh there's a lot to be hopeful for Again, this is these are two massive like Lucasfilm Disney, huge resources, massive fan bases. They have the tools and the resources to to do a, a great job. I think I think just what needs to happen, and maybe this happens now with it, uh, Bob Chappuck taking over at Disney. Maybe he's he's going to be a, a a different voice in the room, and will demand different ideas from each each of the. Uh, divisions they have under disney pixar marvel etc maybe that's the thing maybe maybe it needed a, a little bit of a, a shift there for things to really start to get crystallized organized and and moving because right now i think star wars almost seems stuck in neutral with you know the the, the more they spin their wheels the more they just kind of throw out some placeholder content on disney plus yeah maybe but I mean, I we know that Iger's staying on in a creative position for two years. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, maybe Iger will be looking at those other franchises while uh, the other Bob looks at uh, the overall picture. But I mean, one thing I've I've heard about this new guy is that what's his last name? Bob? What? Bob Chappick. I'll, I'll ne- Chappick. I'll never remember. <laughs> I'll never remember that name. New Bob. Um, Let's just call him New Bob. Yeah. Um, I've heard that he's real cheap, and that has me a little concerned too. Well, so I. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder that 
yeah, what what strategy would they employ? So like mm-hmm. I'm sure he's the type of guy where if if you deliver, you'll get the budget. Yeah. If you don't, we're cutting back. So what what does that prompt Lucasfilm to do? Does do they say okay, then that that means we should go this new route and and continue to to mine Star Wars for new ideas and new uh new stories or yeah do they say let's go to the cash cow dust off that skywalker saga that's you know there there's a billion dollars waiting for us yeah that's frightening well and we haven't even talked about where foggy fits in and and you, oh. but that's i think we've gotten a, a ways away from marketing <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. People just like to hear us talk about Star Wars. Yeah, sure. And it, I mean, it all plays a role at some point. In, oh, of course. Into the into well, the marketing funnel. Well, I mean, the the problem is they're not marketing the future of Star Wars, which is a big problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where how things play out for the rest of the year, and. I mean, celebration is going to be monumental. It has to be. It's monumental in terms. Can you imagine going to Celebration and all they do is just sort of talk about celebrating Empire's 40th. Um, Here's a look at some stuff you already know is coming. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Without any eye ahead to the future. Well, I mean, there has to be Mandalorian season two stuff. There has to be. They've got to show something about Cassian. Uh I yeah, mean, I'm sure they'll there, show all kinds of stuff about stuff there, we already know is coming. Yeah, I mean, there probably won't be anything filmed for Cassian, but they've got to show some some kind of behind the scenes something or other, or at least have have Diego Luna there to to chat for a bit. I mean, there's only only you so know. many panels they can do. Like, I'm sure they'll have a Dave Filoni animation panel, and I'm sure he'll yeah. be there for the Mandalorian panel and a panel for everything that we already know is coming. Yeah, but I think what people are really curious for, and including investors, they're going to say, "I want, I, we need to know. I want to know where's the thing that drives the bus. Where are these big screen movies? Yeah. Where is that going? Everybody wants to know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that they need to have sorted and delivered confidently by celebration. Yeah, and it's getting like you said, it's five months." If they haven't figured that out yet, uh, wow, five months seems like a long time. But at, at the at the speed at which things can move, oh, it, it man, it's it's uh, nervous times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's kind of that'll do it for our sort of marketing slash hype of Star Wars. Um, lot, lot there's lots to love, but I also think there's lots of room there for them to to revise things, rethink the way they do things and um, conduct themselves slightly differently as they enter a new era of Star Wars. But I'm curious to hear what everybody else out there thinks. Uh, Let us know. You can reach out to us uh, in a number of ways on Twitter. I'm at Tumbling Saber. Nathan, you are at? At NAF Roberts on Twitter. Uh, And in the Facebook group, of course. Yeah, join us in the Facebook group, the the closed Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Uh, And finally, you can also reach us by email at tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts and we'd love to uh, include that feedback in an upcoming episode. Uh, So that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time in another episode of Luminous Beings. Until then, 
May the force be with you. Bye-bye. <laughs>